0: everyone welcome to the second episode of not talking binary with amanda rodriguez hey there and me autumn rain (laughs) all right so you know last time i realized you know we really didn't um introduce ourselves we kind of did just jump right into the content so Um, Let's go ahead and introduce ourselves a little bit and uh, explain our background and why we are doing this podcast a little bit.
1: So, Amanda, want to start with that? Sure. So, I have a background in journalism and tech. I was a mobile editor for a family of sites you might know as PC World, Mac World, and Tech Hive. Um I worked at Yahoo for a couple of years, and now I'm doing marketing because that's where all journalists eventually end up see um and I'm doing marketing around a lot of tech stuff and I'm still doing some development stuff on the side, but you know so I, I I've been all over the block. What about you autumn um i'm just
0: I'm just kind of getting into tech I've been immersed in tech for so long um I'm a former tech journalist um I was with Donate the Geek for a while. Um, I tried to do my own thing for a while with, um, this tech site, um, tried to do it with a couple of friends of mine, just couldn't never really get it off the ground. You know, trying to do your own, your own tech site is so hard. Um, especially when the market is so saturated and, you know, stuff like that, that, you know, we tried that for a while and just never could get it off the ground. Um, so yeah, i for a little bit, um, was a senior advisor at Apple for a couple of years, and then um, recently quit Apple to become a developer. And that's what I'm doing now is full stack web development and iOS development. And why I'm doing this podcast, um, I just feel like I've got such, I've got a voice that I that needs to, I've got a voice and I want it to be heard. Um, Especially when it comes to a lot of tech issues that, you know, definitely a trans voice needs to be heard in this space. And that's kind of why I wanted to start this podcast with another trans woman was to get that trans voice heard out there, um, especially about topics that are sensitive to trans women in tech. Um, I know there are a lot of us in tech And we definitely needed to, I definitely haven't seen a lot of podcasts with trans women in tech on them and just more representation for trans women in tech and just getting our voices heard is definitely something that I wanted to definitely see more of in the podcasting community itself.
1: Yeah. It's, if you, if, if you don't know, uh, most podcasts are by cis white dudes and or just this people in general and so there's not very many of us and you know we kind of have stuff to say ourselves so another perspective is always good.
0: Yeah it always is.
1: <laughs> okay should we jump into our flurry of topics because we have a lot Yeah of-
0: we we have a lot of things to talk about this week, so let's jump right in and uh, start talking about the first topic. So this one is something near and dear to my heart, with being a full stack web developer. Um, I put this one in here myself. Um, this is a new web standard, which a new web standard, which makes it so you can sign in without using your password um so this is into the w i've been following this one um even before i became a developer i've always kind of had a love for web technology um even when i was working at apple um i i've always kind of followed uh like the w3 school and um like emerging web technologies and i've so i've been following web often for a little bit now and it's really cool now that it actually is a web standard and Firefox is actually the first um, browser to support it near and dear to my heart. Also, because as a web developer, I use Firefox on a daily basis. Um, power to the people. And
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in there. And I mean, with... I, I, I know which browser is your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Firefox.
0: I definitely, I, I, I am, I am, I've been a Firefox user for many years. And with, with this, with this web standard, basically, if you have a, either a newer MacBook or a PC um, that supports either the Microsoft um, What's Microsoft calling their face sign in thing?
1: Um, Isn't it just called face login or something? Or or hello? I think that's what My, it's called. Yeah, Microsoft
0: had, Hello. Microsoft Hello.
1: Yeah, um, it had some if, kind of generic name like that.
0: Yeah, if you have Microsoft Hello or a fingerprint scanner on your computer, um, you can actually sign into websites if the website supports the web often um, web standard. And as of right now, it's only supported in Firefox, but it will be supported in Edge and Chrome before the end of the year. And as of right now, there's no word on Safari. Um, But more than likely, it will be coming to Safari because Apple's always just a little bit slower with adopting um, newer web standards. But more than likely, this will be coming to Safari because Apple always has been... When it comes to biometric um security, they've always been on the forefront when it comes to it and they were on they were on the fido they were they were on the board that was helping um, implement the web standard also so uh, so what are your thoughts on this amanda um
1: well i I'm wondering how because a lot of people are browsing more and more on mobile now. I'm mm-hmm. kind of wondering how this is gonna work on mobile. I know that there's like the Firefox browser, but when we think about mobile, we think about what, like the browsers that are pre-installed on Android and on iOS, and you have Mobile Safari, which obviously isn't gonna like we we've heard nothing about it so far, um, and then you have Mobile Chrome, and it's possible that Mobile Chrome will, uh, you know, will will support this, but then again, you when you're talking Android, you're not just talking about like a vanilla version of Android. Usually your browser is whatever is preloaded on there by the OEM. And sometimes that's, uh, well, we've all seen Samsung's proprietary <laughs> things and they're the most popular Android maker on, on the planet. So I don't think it's going to, I have very little hope that it's going to come to Samsung's browser for Android.
0: Yeah, you never know. Um, that's the thing is that mobile is, as always, the wild card here when it comes to web standards. Um, but I, I personally have high hopes that once it does come, start coming to more and more desktop browsers. That, um, like, once it comes to, once it comes to Chrome and Firefox and Edge um and once it does once the support does come to safari that we will see it in mobile safari because then you will be able to sign into websites with face id and touch id on your iphone and then also you'll be then be able to use the equivalent of touch id and the fingerprint scanner on the back of most android phones and also then you'd be able to do um a lot of the other, uh, the iris scanner, I think it is, and the Samsung phone. I know most Android phones have the fingerprint scanner on the back or in the or in the power button on the side.
1: Yeah, which is I, it's still weird placement. A lot of the biometric stuff that we have right now is it's it's not foolproof, and we've seen definitely um, like people are able to spoof fingerprints, yeah. and people are able to spoof. Um, you know facial recognition software not I mean Apple was was kind of uh, pushing some boundaries there with uh, its iPhone X iPhone 10 I always yeah. forget how to pronounce that um, iPhone, 10. iPhone 10 I'm gonna call it the iPhone right. X just like <laughs> everyone was calling Mac OS X or OS 10. Oh, I was um, I, I used to work <laughs> for Apple
0: um, so I'm I'm a stickler when it comes to the way that Apple pronounces things <laughs> because of two and a half years of drinking the Kool Aid at Apple. Um, it, it, you know they 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 gave us classes on Mac OS 10 and iPhone 10 and how to pronounce everything so that way it was consistent across the company. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, one thing that's that one thing that's cut frequently come up with facial recognition. Just to do a quick aside from our show notes here, um, there's been a long history of, of companies trying to implement facial recognition, and Apple is one of the first that you know can actually see people of color. Uh, no word if it if it can detect trans faces though. That would be an interesting Ooh. one to see um, yes. because. I have, uh, the, I have the iPhone ten, and oh, it detected my face. True, but did it detect your face pre-transition?
0: Um, I've not tried that, and it because it doesn't pick up on photos,
1: mm-hmm. so
0: I would have to get a mask made of myself pre-transition. But it doesn't work. <laughs> but it doesn't work with masks. <laughs> so That's... I'd I'd have to get I'd have to get plastic surgery to get my face to where it was pre-transition, which I wasn't, I was ugly. I was was not a pretty, I was not a pretty guy. You know this, Amanda, you met me. I was not a pretty guy. I was very much a boxy Marine guy, so.
1: (laughs) Well, that's a good way to describe yourself. (laughs) Um... (laughs) It would be, that's the story I want to see. I want to see a trans person, like, be like, okay, I got the phone. I'm starting my transition today. I'm going to do the face ID right now. And then I'm going to start on hormones. I'm going to like keep going on and on and on. Not even like, not even like surgery, facial surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, just like the effects of hormones. I want to see if there's a point where the phone stopped recognizes you.
0: I don't know if there would be because there is... Like, I just shared a photo on Facebook today um, that was from 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, that was two years on hormones. And I don't recognize myself. But
1: in that picture,
0: did. No, Facebook didn't recognize me. <laughs> the only reason why I recognized it was because it was came up in my memories. But, like, oh. look, hmm. looking, looking at the photo... If it was a photo of me today versus me, you know, four years ago, because of the effects of hormones, I don't even look the same. But it's been such a gradual transition. It's been so gradual that I don't know if the phone would pick up on it Mm -hmm. because it works with gradual transitions. Like if you grow a beard or if you shave a beard or if you, you know, if you wear makeup. Or stuff like that, face i d still works
1: mm-hmm. yeah so i
0: want, so I wonder if the effects of hormones because they are so gradual if it would if the face i d would still work just because of how gradual the um it is, and face i d is always um learning your face that's one thing is that they've got that with the a eleven bionic chip they've got a machine learning coprocessor. Mm-hmm. That uh that use with face ID that is always learning your face
1: through machine yep. learning. No, that's true. And so maybe maybe if it was I think it would require something more drastic. Maybe it is something like you get facial feminization surgery or FFS and you like try to unlock your phone the, the day after would it recognize you? I I I'm still like curious about like the extent of which of which it will recognize, recognize you it. after Definitely, definitely. Um, speaking of facial recognition and Facebook, yeah, uh, Zuckerberg was testifying in front of Congress this week. Uh, yeah, this was this was a big thing. Um, this was basically
0: all the news for in all of tech all week. Um, so yeah, Zuckerberg was in Congress, and basically, they, Congress doesn't know how Facebook. The Senate doesn't know how Facebook works. And the House was very hard on Zuckerberg.
1: I mean, um, I, our politicians barely know how the internet works. Let's, yeah. let's be let's, honest. Let's face, they let's, let's they think their phones are magic talking boxes.
0: That's why we need people like Brianna Wu in Congress. Because Brianna Wu is an engineer. She knows how the internet works. And that's why we need people like her in Congress... Because she actually would know how the internet works and how to regulate it
1: is that is that your um
0: that's your my endorsement en- that's, that's my your official
1: endorsement
0: that's my official endorsement of Brianna Rue for Congress oh gosh right here on this podcast on our second episode
1: <laughs> all right well that's I mean we're we're breaking ground <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah, so Zuckerberg basically um deflected the entire yeah. testimony if, if you if you saw it on c-span which is just surreal um, or if you read any of the transcripts he was being grilled a lot um, and in in both in both hearings uh, or both instances he basically just said like but we're good for people and didn't see did not see users as as commodities basically was his argument and and was was really arguing and I'll I'll do the quote of my top priority has always been our social mission of connecting people building community and bringing the world closer together advertisers and developers will never take priority over that as long as i'm running facebook except that facebook's the reason why we have donald trump as president so i he's full of shit <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um
1: there's so much to unpack from
0: this. Um you know, I'm just looking at the the uh, Verge article right now from the seven takeaways just from him before the house and there's just so much to take away from this. Um my the biggest thing I think to take away from it is that we got the clearest endorsement yet that he's that they're going to bring the privacy protections to people around the world from GDPR. Um, or at least GDPR style privacy protections globally. Um, The quote from him was one is offering controls over what what we're doing. The second is is around pushing for affirmative consent and putting a control in front of people that walks people through their choices. And we're gonna do that too. We're gonna put a tool at the top of people's apps that walks them through their settings. Great, and then five minutes later, he walked it back.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's like he, he's doing a lot of dancing back and forth to try and confuse, um, these these politicians who again have no idea how the internet works. And so what he's going to end on is probably just like a really rolled back version of like, oh yeah, we're going to do something, but it's not going to be anything near as in depth as what I just described because, well you You won't be able to track this, you won't care, and we don't have anyone who's really investigating this as well as they should be like there's i I don't remember if anyone else remembers like the old 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 timey uh myspace bulletin board where people would just do the chain mail stuff and a lot of the a lot of the quizzes that were associated with the Cambridge analytica um, scandal were really designed to be similar to that because they're so effective at getting people to uh, hand over their information. And I remember in 2015, 2016, 2014 my newsfeed was filled with people taking those quizzes that required you to sign in with Facebook to find out which pineapple you went best with. Like don't sign in with Facebook to your to your services. Yeah. If, if, If you want or care about the privacy of your information, if you don't want people knowing your hometown, your phone number, because Facebook has your phone number, if you have an Android phone especially, Um, if you don't want them knowing your email or any of the other personal information, and some people even put their home addresses on Facebook, don't do that. There's no reason for you to have your home address on Facebook. There's no reason for you to have your phone number on Facebook. If you do, go and remove it right now like that's just setting you up for so many things and i don't remember if anyone i don't know if anyone remembers what happened to matt honan a few years ago where he just got hacked just super hard and matt honan who now runs the sf bureau of uh, buzzfeed was then working at wired and someone got into his icloud account just I remember very this. basic information. Like you don't need that much information to hack someone and ruin their life. Like you can with just a phone number or just an address or even just, you know, uh, a first name, last name. And if it's like unique enough, you can go ahead and ruin people's lives. And so protect yourself from that because these companies aren't going to protect you. They don't give a shit about you. they, honestly, are just in it to make money. And if you are another casualty in that, then well, whatever to them. They're not going to care.
0: Mm-hmm. So did you uh, look at the anal- the, his hearing notes from the Senate at all? Um, basically, he was ready to go off on Apple and, mm-hmm. about, their, uh, data, about their data practices. And um, it was quite funny. Some of his uh, notes that he was ready to go off on that he never really touched on.
1: I did not. I saw that he left his notes unattended on his table. And, and AP a got bu-
0: a picture of it.
1: Uh-huh. And there was, like, a bunch of people, like, just photographing them because he left his notes, his complete notes. Yeah because you know
0: data security is you know not i guess his strong suit.
1: Yep. This is this is what happens when a guy who made a website in order to rate women uh you know makes a platform that blows up and suddenly is responsible for billions of people's information. Not a good sign. Capitalism it's broken.
0: Yeah. Um but no some of the highlights from this uh Oh wow! Important issue. No credit card information or social security numbers were shared.
1: Well, that's good.
0: Um, I I'd hope so because I I wouldn't I I don't give out my social security number often. Um, but why would
1: you put it on Facebook of all things? Yeah, like, like there's 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 no reason for you to ever give that much information to a social media network where you poke people. Or where you look at pictures of dogs, or where <laughs> you see m- incredibly fake news articles posted by your racist relatives. Just there's no reason to put your social security number in there. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't just do like, it. don't put. Just like
0: there's no reason to have your credit card information on Facebook.
1: Yeah, use PayPal if you really want to pay people via Facebook. But there's, I mean, we have Venmo now. I mean, it's not that great, but yeah, we have so many other services now that do the same thing. Just. Don't put your real money in places that aren't secure. And PayPal has had issues in the past, but at least it's more secure than Facebook on that end. Okay, so
0: they then the whole reverse lookup. You heard about this one, right? With the uh, scraping of uh, Facebook via phone numbers, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, they found out about that abuse two, only about two weeks ago. And then they shut it down. Useful to, find, useful to find someone by phone number or email, malicious actors link public info to phone numbers they already had, mm-hmm. needed to do, more, need to do more to prevent abuse. Are his, these are his exact notes. Like, they need to do more to prevent abuse on Facebook. Yes, they do. Um, they also need to do more different views on all social media, but that's a whole other topic.
1: If uh, if you want to know how bad it was, the whole Cambridge Analytica thing was, um, and this kind of does this, It's related to this topic. Um, it turns out that Cambridge Analytica not only got <laughs> access to your personal, like your your pretty public information that you put on Facebook, which is like your your name, your location, etc. Um, But they could also access your private messages. So all those conversations that you thought were a secret weren't so secret or so private.
0: Yeah. Now, the thing is, is according to Facebook, only about 1,500 people um, gave Cambridge Analytica permission to read their private messages. But how many people were affected because of those 1,500 people, they aren't safe. Um, Now, the other thing is, I'm not going to fear-monger here, but how many other apps are there that had this much data from 2014,
1: 2015? Well, I know for sure Google does. (laughs) Because Google i mean google has i i if a lot of us play in the google ecosystem and google has a lot of information on us and it's probably more than facebook because people do email social security numbers we get government correspondence that has our social security number in it yeah it's oh that would be if 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 google faced a breach as big as what facebook got um i think well we'd probably see a bigger meltdown hopefully i mean i hope we i'd hope we
0: see i'd hope we see some action if google ever saw a breach like this
1: yeah because like right now facebook facebook has over a third of the planet uh, on facebook and it doesn't seem like many people really care i mean us in the tech world do but outside of that it's it's pretty quiet and it's mostly just like the most non-tech thing i've seen so far is all the memes being made about mark zuckerberg and and, data. Like a, and and his data and like how he looked like a baby face or something in front of Congress. And, you know, yeah, that's funny, but it's a pretty serious matter anyways.
0: You know, I had, I had to explain to my girlfriend the other day why I was quitting Facebook. She's like, but, but that's how we talk all the time. And that's how we connect all the time. That's how I share photos of you. I'm like, but, facebook and then i just went in i just let off about why you know why this is why i'm just not gonna be a product for facebook anymore and she's just like wow i didn't realize facebook did all this i'm like yeah Yeah. and you agree and we all agree to it when we signed up for the free service that's the worst part i'm not complaining about it as much because we all agreed to it. They just keep changing the terms of service every couple months to make it worse and worse and worse. And this Cambridge Analytica scandal is the straw that broke the camel's back for me, especially with how much research I've been doing on it.
1: Yeah. It's, I think we mentioned it last time where whenever you use these products, you're signing, you're, you're basically by using them, you're agreeing to a contract that says like, lol, I won't give you any recourse, any legal recourse, if something happens to, to me, basically. You, you almost sign away your rights to a lot of who you are by using products like this. Yeah, Beware of anything that's free.
0: And the thing is that I'm, I'm done being a product. You know, I'm done with my data being the product.
1: I But you're on Twitter.
0: I know I am, but <laughs> Twitter is Twitter is just an out, out an outreach for me. I I I have to tweet. <laughs> <laughs> like that's something about like I have to have that outlet. If it wasn't Facebook it'd be Twitter. If it wasn't Twitter it'd be Google Plus. For some reason and oh we all god. know what a
1: desolate place google plus is who uses google plus besides google employees
0: i mean i i should start using google plus if i want to get a job there wow good good idea <laughs> connect with google employees
1: yeah it's probably the or leftovers from orchid which i don't think is around anymore
0: oh god I, yeah all right, so next topic, um, FTC. Okay, so this was this one's another one that's near and dear to my heart. Um, I always love opening up and tinkering with my stuff. So the FTC this week sent out um, six warning, six to six different companies sent out warnings to companies that basically is saying that if that there are stickers that say that if you void the warranty. Um, that is now bull.
1: Yeah, no, this is this is huge for people. Um, there's so there's a whole thing about ownership that people don't seem to uh, really think about anymore. Where it's like when you purchase a product, it's not fully yours, especially with a tech product because you can't do everything you want to do with it, and that was coming up a lot with um, in mobile. With sort of jailbreaking, um, because you bought the you bought this phone, but you couldn't do you whatever couldn't. you wanted with it. You had you were like bound within the rules of that Apple or Google or whoever had set for you. And so what happened was, um, I mean, we, we saw what happened with uh, with the PlayStation modder. What was his name? George Hots? George Potts? Uh,
0: this is a ps3 hacker right
1: yes who um hacked george Hotz? george hots sorry george um who hacked the, the the psos and he he got sued by sony he got he faced legal ramifications for tinkering with his own product with his own like console and like this is a step forward in the right direction of making things that we pay money for things that should realistically be ours, more ours. because right now, if you own a digital device, if you own something like, um, well, it's basically just kind of limited digital devices right now. If you own a digital device, you don't wholly own that digital device. You may own like the wrapper, but you don't actually own any of the goodness inside.
0: Yeah. And you know, one cool thing about this is, is, you know, for me, I'm a tinkerer. I love getting in um, I built my first computer when I was 4 or 5 years old off of spare parts from multiple like computers that we had laying around the house you know you know I'm a tinkerer so I love getting in and tinkering with stuff you know with this coming out they it said that according to the I'm looking at the I'm looking personally at the Gizmodo article on it right now that they have that after the warning that they had 30 days to update the warranty policies on their website to comply with federal law um, before the commission takes further action and this is using the Magnuson Moss Warranty Act um, of 1975 which is they've actually successfully used before against BMW Um, which was against their, for their burdensome warranty policy, which if anyone's owned a BMW, they know how bad BMW's warranty can be. (laughs) Um, but anyway, though, this, this is good news because people like me, I love being able to take apart like my MacBook. I'm planning on taking it apart and putting in a new SSD. This would make it so where I could put that new SSD in, and it doesn't void my warranty.
1: Yeah, specifically this this ruling or this this warning um, states that um, the it's illegal to condition warranty. It's illegal to void a warranty based off of the use of specific parts or services. So, for instance, um, if if the warranty uses something like or if the warranty says something like "this warranty shall not apply if this product it dot, 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 is used with products not sold or licensed by company name," and so what that means is that Apple will repair your iPhone screen. I'm going to keep using mobile allegories because, like yeah. I said, I was a mobile a mobile journalist. You're a mobile editor. I was a mobile editor. Um, Apple can will charge what like seventy dollars to repair your your crack seventy nine. $79 to repair your cracked iPhone screen, but there's a store on the corner of, the, of you, there's, there's a place in the corner of your, uh, uh, on the corner of your street that has, that has the same service, they'll replace your iPhone screen, um, but they'll do it for $50, um what it used to be is that if you went and got that done, then your warranty on the iPhone would be null and void. Anything that happened with that iPhone, like say the OS failed or the board bricked um, itself. Um, suddenly, it, before this, if you had gone to that $50 iPhone repair screen and then the phone broke later on, um, not related to the iPhone, not related to the screen, um, Apple would... Wa- void your warranty and be like well you use non-apple labor not covered by us anymore um and then this applies to um anything to do also with like if you notice some products have uh like a, a little sticker that says void warranty if removed because they don't want people like going in and opening them yeah that's all gone now so the ps4
0: the ps4 pro xbox one xbox one x um nintendo switch has one of those on there you know any sort of game console has it on there the article itself says that it was sent to companies that sold automobiles cellular devices and video gaming systems yep. so you can so you can guarantee probably sony and microsoft and apple probably all got a uh nice little letter in
1: the mail yeah from the ftc and- about this And what's what's funny is that for some of those things, like the video game consoles, occasionally you should... If your console sounds like a jet engine, you should probably crack it open and clean it out because there's probably a bunch of dust in there. Which, I mean, it's not a fire hazard, but it will kill you. I mean, it might be a fire hazard. I'm not a firefighter or any expert in that. But it will eventually just kill your console anyway. So if this this does stick, um, which it sounds like it will... Take care, look up some guides, learn how to open your consoles, and
0: clean and some, them out. And as someone who has tried to, as someone who has successfully um, done their warrant, successfully cashed in a warranty on a PS4 before, I will tell you, it is bloody hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, companies really don't want to pay for when they mess up.
0: Yeah, it is it is it is really, really hard to successfully cash in your warranty on a PS4. They make you like they make you fill out this really long form on their website that you have to like include like the specific error message that happened when your PS4 crashed and then you have to then they send you a box and then you send it off to them, then they verify that the issue happened. Um, then they send you, yeah, it's just this, it took them, like, two and a half, three weeks to get the entire issue resolved, but needless to say, I was able to get a brand new PS4, and my PS4 is working, and I'm happy, I'm a happy girl, because I've got a working PS4, and I can play my Final Fantasy X. (laughs) All
1: right. Um... Let's move on to, again, some more mobile news. T-Mobile and Sprint are back at it again with the merger talks.
0: I threw this one in here just for you because I figured you would love to talk about some more merger talks between T-Mobile and the Sprint.
1: Oh, God. This came up, I, I want to say 2012, 2013. Um, T-Mobile and Sprint are, if you are outside the United States, um, Deutschland Telecom. I don't even think Sprint has a... SoftBank. Is it SoftBank? Oh, it's yep. SoftBank soft- because they're owned by Japan. SoftBank.
0: Yep, yep, they're on my SoftBank now. So, and yep. They're, yep, they're on my SoftBank. And I've been a Sprint customer for a while. Um, I will be honest with you. Um, I I've been a Sprint customer for a while. So I've got mixed feelings about this. Um, Sprint in my area has gotten a lot better over the year, over the last year. Um, And I, I personally have no issues with Sprint in Denver where I live. And even when I've traveled outside of the area, I've had no issues really with Sprint. I get decent LTE coverage. Um, I know people like to rag on them a lot about it. But I think that this would be a good thing for both carriers. Um, I I would hate to see the, the mobile landscape change again and there be less competition. But at the same time, there neither one is really able to compete with AT&T and Verizon on their yeah. own. Yeah.
1: So what's happening is there we don't really have competition here in the United States for mobile service. It's basically you have who works in your area and everyone else is kind of either pushed out or they charge the same amount. Unless um, you live you-
0: in a major city and then and then you do have that competition –
1: um, not even then, though. Like, I'm I'm in San Francisco, and you have the four, but really, there's clear distinguish- There's, like, it's clear who or, like, which two are the top ones in the city. Like, Sprint in San Francisco was horrible. T-Mobile got better after they launched their LTE network, but it's still not, it wasn't nearly as reliable as um verizon and at&t for a bit which was kind of saying something and then you have all these smaller or quote-unquote smaller telecoms that seem like they're you know alternatives but they're actually running on the networks these these same networks so like google's phone service is actually an mvno um what is it a mobile virtual network operator um that runs off of T-Mobile and Sprint it's just running on that same network same with MetroPCS MetroPCS is just running on the T-Mobile network there and there is no difference between getting a MetroPCS uh, subscription and a T-Mobile one although i have a suspicion that T-Mobile prioritizes traffic from T-Mobile customers over MetroPCS customers um i don't have any confirmed that but it's there there's very little competition in in the united states it's not like it is in europe where there's where you buy the phone separate and there's just like a bunch of different sim cards and you just shove one in there and you're good to go this is very much a these are the four they they have their space and you you can't really butt into it it's so what's interesting is if t-mobile and sprint merge it I imagine it behave a lot like Google's phone service now because it's running on both of those. And it's likely that they just piggyback off of each other's networks. So their coverage, if you're a customer on one or on, on one of those, um, your coverage might get a little better because again, these aren't, these aren't super crowded networks like you have with Verizon and at t right now, because they are the third and fourth um, largest wireless carriers at the moment. But you know, it's going to be strange to see, sort of the the other side of things. Like, how is this going to affect uh, everyday subscribers? Because I'm on T-Mobile, and there was a lot of fear oh. back when the first merger was going on, or first merger talks were going on, about, oh god, all these T-Mobile things are just going to go away because they're part of Sprint now, and Sprint was seen as more corporate, which is just kind of funny.
0: But the thing is, is that they've said that John John LeGray would John the uh, John the Gary would stay on as CEO. Yeah, which would, and, which would be the best thing to happen, you know, because he would be in a he's proven to be an amazing CEO for the company. He's really turned around T-Mobile.
1: I okay, don't know how much of that I agree with. And I think I've tweeted it out before that um, he really seems like the Donald Trump of the mobile industry. Um, and and by that, I mean, like, just directly related to carriers, because if you if you looked at his Twitter, his Twitter feed, he's said kind of a lot of outlandish things over the years. Um, oh, not, yeah. As, not, not as bad as Donald Trump, because Donald Trump has said truly horrendous things, but he has said a lot of things that were just kind of like, what are you talking about? And kind of left you feeling confused. And, I'm, and I think a lot of what turn, that turnaround of T-Mobile that people um, perceive is really just um, this them personality shift for them. Was them actually building out their LTE
0: network. Now, the other thing is that I want to see, for me personally, Sprint's a CDMA network a legacy CDMA network at that, and T-Mobile's a legacy GSM network. How are they going to merge these existing technologies within if they, if this is a huge if, if these merger talks do end up coming to fruition, how are they going to bring these two legacy technologies into one? Are they gonna do basically what Verizon's doing, and go strictly voice over LTE, and drop and drop CDMA entirely, and go strictly voice over LTE, um, which would be I think that'd be the best option, is if they went strictly voice over LTE and dropped CDMA entirely.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, CDMA is a crowded spectrum anyways, and LTE is quickly growing crowded too with a lot of Internet of Things devices just taking up bandwidth. So it's most likely that if the merger goes through that they're going to do a network overhaul because they're going to have to do a network overhaul anyways, but they might just switch over to a new 4G LTE and 5G LTE and set up the base for that just because that's, that's, already, that's coming. That's on its way already. Um, And we're already seeing uh, certain wireless devices already taking advantage of 5G networks. They're not, Mm -hmm. you know, for wide public use, but they're out there already. So this might be their way of, you know, kickstarting their conversion. Because Verizon's already starting to work on it. AT&T, you can bet, is already starting to work on it. Um, And I'm sure that those two networks have thought about it. And that might actually be one of the big reasons for the merger is just to be able to finance that. It's a huge huge undertaking to redo your network. And what will probably happen is there's a lot of phones that won't work on those networks unless they leave some sort of legacy, some some sort of bit of legacy tech behind. Mm. Speaking of legacy things that people should leave behind, Homeland (laughs) Security Ah, love the segue wants there. to build a database of journalists. Gee, uh. when have building databases of people to keep track of them ever backfired or gone wrong or used been used for nefarious purposes? Yeah, I can't think of it because I w- got an education in the United States.
0: I I read the headline on this and I was just like, uh, "This can't be real." Not in today's America, and then I realized whose America it actually was. And yeah, um, this is rather scary and Orwellian. Um, but no, the Department of Homeland Security wants to build a database to track journalists.
1: I mean, we they're on Twitter, they could just go there.
0: <laughs> yeah, like... I've got to say, we're all on Twitter anyway, Trump. Just follow us, and we'll we already tweeting enough as it is.
1: It's not like we're hiding that much on Twitter anyways. We're pretty vocal about things being terrible.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, I mean, job done? It could um, just be conspiracy theory hat on now. Uh, Twitter was, this entire time, just a giant homeland security project to keep track of journalists. Boom. Yeah. Done. And then somehow Nazis got on it.
0: Um, but no. It's all seriousness, uh, the FBI does have a long history of tracking journalists,
1: uh, and really yeah. anyone who's just like has a political opinion. To be honest, they they've the FBI has a history of um,
0: tracking th- them,
1: tracking, intimidating, and outright just harassing, whether physical or like through threats. Um, and it's we, we have documented cases of that happening to prominent uh, leaders in the Black community. We have that uh, happening to... Uh, it's basically a lot of just civil rights stuff, so anything to do with unions, that sort of thing. It was the FBI and the government as a whole, the United States government does have the tendency to do this. So it's if we're hearing about it now then they're probably going to build it. Yeah. Um, unless there's a major regime change, and then, well, who knows?
0: Well, if the only person in line to become president is worse than Trump.
1: Yeah, it's pretty bad all the way down.
0: <laughs> so, yeah.
1: And um, since that, we're going to talk about... Oh, wait, go ahead. Sorry, uh, I'm... Do, I I'm no about ready. to
0: say, do you want to talk about a main topic right now, which is even... which.
1: You know this this entire this <laughs> entire
0: podcast has just gone down the tubes. We started off so chipper. And happy. We started off so chipper and happy. And now we're going to talk about something that that just that's just going to round me up even more.
1: That's um, just the news for you these days. You just we are uh, you just get depressed. You get people people just it just makes people sad. Yeah, because now we're gonna talk
0: about like I'm. I might not personally have a job right now, but I know a lot about workplace, a lot about this topic. Um, I can only talk about it from the job hunt perspective right now. But let's go ahead and talk about it.
1: All right. Oh, this episode's trans topic is workplace discrimination. Yeah. Autumn, uh, would you like to start? Uh,
0: yeah. Um, so I've experienced a lot of discrimination in the workplace. Everything from being told not to use the women's room um, to being fired for being trans.
1: Wow, were you in a state that didn't protect gender identity? Um, no, that's
0: the worst part. I was. I was in a state that protected gender identity, and I and they came up with some BS excuse as to why I got canned, and I was just like, yeah, I didn't do that, and they still canned me anyway, claiming that the customer complained about my transness.
1: Yeah, so I think think a thing that people don't recognize is that even if there's a law on the books that says you can't discriminate for someone for being a different color or gender or sexuality it doesn't really protect us. I mean, it protects us from just like outright, oh, you're trans, you can't be here. Or oh, you're black, you can't be here. Or oh, You're a girl, you can't be here. But it doesn't protect you from like, there's, it's such a, it's there as a law to make people feel better about themselves for trying to make a change. But it really doesn't protect us all that well. Because Like what Autumn just said, companies will make up excuses just to get you fired.
0: Yeah, they didn't like me. Um, The owner had it out for me anyway. He was looking for any small excuse to not to fire me. And as soon as he got that, you know, he said, according to him, I rudely corrected the customer when I got misgendered, which is wrong if I'm at work I would never rudely correct a customer about being misgendered and he said that the customer complained about me being trans and because of that I was fired
1: and that even even if um, even if the... Uh, in this situation the owner sounds like they were out to get you but even if they are not there are definitely examples of um, trans people getting fired from their customer facing jobs or getting or not even getting a chance to get those customer facing jobs in the first place because a customer will complain that there's a trans person working there and will make a big deal and since we have this Really bad motto of the customer is always right which just leads to worker abuse anyways um, it it just makes it easier to fire the person than it does to try and lose a customer because again the Almighty dollar rules so and it it's worth more than a person's dignity mm-hmm. and so um, I. Personally, my experience with um, workplace discrimination has more to do with um, interviewing. So I have I have done a number of interviews that, and when I so I got I was laid off of Yahoo um, in 2016, um, not related to the transness. I don't think related to something else. Which is kind of funny. Um, but when I was looking for a job, I was looking for a job as a journalist, and one of the things that kept coming up was everything was fine usually up until the voice interview and by voice interview I mean either the in-person or the one where they actually heard me talk and so like I would do a writing test I would do um, my resume would check out I'd be able to do an edit test everything like that Um, but when it came to doing the actual speaking and being seen uh, suddenly none of that mattered and it was just a quick drop Mm -hmm. Um, and so i personally don't hide my voice my voice is quite masculine i'm aware of this Um, i'm just too lazy to care about it and my appearance is quite binary it is pretty femme um not always but i you know, but but I do kind of look trans, I guess if there's a look of trans. Um, And so when people realize that or, or um, hear that, I I think they panic and they, they decide, Nope, we're not going to do this. We're going to reject you. And it's all done. And that's, that's common. And I've, I've I personally had multiple times where um my
0: voice i've worked on a lot um because of my job at apple um i was on the phones um so i my voice would give me this dispo- i've worked in a lot of call centers um since i've transitioned i've worked in a lot a lot of call centers so i've had to work on my voice a lot and you know And you could tell I've worked at it a lot. I'm not going to, I'm going to do something right now. I don't do often. Let me take a swig of water. Yes, I'm going to do some, I'm going to, I'm going to do something that all trans people can do, but we don't do often. (laughs) So this is my voice now, six years into my transition. This is my voice before.
1: Yeah. The shift. The shift.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a huge change. And I've done, but I've gotten to phone screens before where they've instantly hung up on me the moment they've heard my voice. Because they can hear the transness in it. And they don't want to deal with that in the in the um, office, or a, or I'll yeah. get to the phone screen and they'll be like, "Is there anything else you want to say?" And I'll be like, "Yes," because I don't I don't feel like I should have to hide the fact that I'm trans to, to HR, especially. And I'll be like, "Yeah, I'm trans." And then I'll get a politely worded email 10 minutes later saying I didn't get the job. Yep. Which brings me to, you know, one thing I've always found is there is there's an institutionalized prejudice against trans people in hiring departments. Not just trans women, but trans men um, and non-binary people. But trans people in general, there's there's an into. I've talked to so many trans people, not just trans women, but trans men and non-binary people, that have found that there's this institutionalized prejudice in HR departments against us.
1: And it 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 contributes like it, it adds up. It's not just a case here and there. It's it's pretty rampant and widespread. And like Autumn said, we'd get to the phone interview, and as soon as I opened my mouth to speak, uh, there, was, there was definitely that feeling of, oh, that hit the person. Um, especially when they're like, hello, is Amanda there? And I said, yep, that's me. They'd go, pause, 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 trying to connect the dots in their heads, oh. And the fact that we're being discriminated in the workforce and not even in the job itself, this is before we even get our foot in the door. Um, the fact that we're being discriminated in the hiring process makes it so that it's harder to, ha- to, to feed ourselves. It's harder to um, take care of ourselves. And so along with, you know, trans people being rejected by their families, workplace discrimination or hiring discrimination workplace discrimination leads to an, a higher rate of trans homelessness and in trans poverty exactly and so um you're basically keeping a disenfranchised group even more disenfranchised or in a state of disenfranchisement through this through the cycle and it's it's not always as overt as like I hate trans people those dang trannies blah Um, and they're not talking about transmissions by the way and what happens is more like I I don't feel comfortable there's a sense of uh, uncomfortableness that comes from people doing the hiring and they don't they might not think they have a problem with trans people but they'll use that uncomfortableness to sort of make this decision of I don't know that they'd be a good fit and that's usually the excuse is there's a culture fit yeah that we're not meeting and it seems like the culture fit is you have to be cis
0: and I try my hardest to not hide the fact that I'm trans and it sometimes it comes up in the background check I understand that you know, sometimes if, I, if I'm if i lucky enough to get through the back phone screen and lucky enough to get to the coding challenge, if I get to that background check, it comes up. And then all of a sudden I lost the job there. You know, it's just like there's so like they see that AKA and they see my dead name.
1: It's a dead name like, for you uh, people who aren't trans. A uh, dead name is the name that uh, we go we went by before we transitioned. Yeah. Trans facts. <laughs>
0: and it's just like if you... Amanda
1: Amanda. Yeah we did I think we did just lose autumn for a second. I'm here. <laughs> we you we lost you.
0: We lost me. Yay, I'm back.
1: Okay. <laughs> yes,
0: the joys of live recording.
1: <laughs> oh, good. Good, good, good. Um, yeah, no, there's... It, basically, the background checks ruin us. Our voices ruin us. If you don't fit within their standards of what they expect you to be, they're not... And, and it's not even like your qualifications. It's just who they see you as in their heads. They will just pass on you and that is why um we we talk a lot about like the the gender pay the pay gap with in relation to gender but there is also a pay gap in relation to um transness and cisgender people um a trans woman will make less than a cis woman a trans man will make way less than a cis man and you know it's even worse if you Non-binary, non-binary, or you fall into one of those intersectional uh, places where you're also a person of color or you have a disability, um, because those groups are even more vulnerable, and they their background um, already hurts them enough, and then you add being trans on top of that, and it just it's just a recipe for disaster. And this isn't just happening. And, you know, when we talk about these things, I feel like people always imagine the sort of like, backward states, small towns, yeehaw. Um, but no, this is this is happening everywhere. This is happening in California, a state that's seen as dirty and progressive. full um, well, dirty liberals, I should say. It's happening in Canada. It's happening all over the world. It's happening and... right
0: here in Denver, Colorado. Trust me. Um, I have applied... I'm probably one of one of the best coders in my cohort. Um, a lot of you guys, a lot of you, a lot of our listeners know, because a lot of you listeners are my galvanized friends. And I'm one of the better coders in my cohort. And I've had such a hard time trying to find a job because of being trans.
1: Yeah, it's, 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 applying for a job is no fun. Applying for a job when you're trans is a nightmare. And so workplace discrimination isn't just a thing that happens to, to a person here or there. It's not this, you know, this yelling of slurs or just outright hatred and no bigotry ever really is that much anymore. I mean, we have People ra- marching in the streets and chanting white supremacy slur and white supremacy uh, slogans. But a lot of a lot of discrimination happens in a more subtle way, digestible, subtle way that because it's not so overt, people don't think about it and, because it doesn't affect them directly, but it affects the person that it's that it's facing. Alright, Autumn you got anything more to say about trans workplace discrimination before we I move actually, on to our plugs?
0: I think we I think we're good there. I think we covered everything we needed to cover about trans discrimination, the hiring process and workplace discrimination tonight this week. I just think we should go to our plugs for the week. So All what right. are you what are you gonna plug this week? What are you, what are you up to this week,
1: Amanda? Um well, today is Thursday. April 12th, so the new Hearthstone expansion just came out, and it's the Witchwood expansion. Um, if you haven't logged in yet, this is not, by the way, we're not sponsored by Blizzard in any way. If Blizzard wants to sponsor us, please, please feel free. Um, but yeah, just make sure you log in, get your three packs, get your free Legendary. Go go have fun playing ridiculous decks. I've built like 20 already. They're hilarious, and they don't make any sense. Um, oh, and follow the podcast we have a twitter account at underscore NTBFM um, with a lovely 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 logo that is being designed we have a, a mock-up right up there for for a specific reason which i'll mention later on um designed by a lovely reader so or oh, listener i guess no one reads podcasts <laughs> yeah All right, adam what do you have all right,
0: so I'm going, um, as you guys all know, I'm a developer and a coder. Um, so this weekend is Go Code Colorado. What GoCode Colorado is, is a hackathon here in this great state of Colorado. It happens in multiple places. Um, there's one in Grand Junction, one in Colorado Springs, one in Boulder, no, one in Fort Collins, and one here in Denver. Um, basically, what it is, is they give us public data um and we get to use it in any way we see fit and we get to hack together different projects and um get to basically play with public data in in new and interesting ways and basically it's a two two and a half day hackathon of just me getting together with a bunch of friends drinking beers and hacking together public data in new and interesting ways, and if we win, we get like a bunch of money.
1: Nice, all right. Well, I think that wraps up this week's episode of Not Talking Binary and for short. Yeah, um, so where
0: can we follow you on if we want to follow you on uh, Twitter? Where can we follow you, um, Amanda?
1: I can be followed at Mega Penguin X, which. Yes, I did make that username when I was 12, and I'm going to use it forever because I'm an adult woman. Um, where can we follow you, Autumn? At, you can follow
0: me at iNerdGirl84. Um, yes, I'm an adult woman also, and that is my branding, is iNerdGirl84. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone, and we'll catch you next week. This episode is goodbye.